This episode was recorded on 4th of July weekend, 2022. We all just started the journey of closing the book on a nationwide pandemic. And of course now, as you'll find out in today's episode, there's a comet headed for Earth. So sit back and relax and enjoy this episode of the Bill Bradley Collective. Oh, sorry, not going to get to the episode just quite yet. It's me from the editing room, and I just edited the intro, and um, I was looking for some good, old-fashioned, old-school Bill Bradley Collective entrance music, and I was looking for whatever we had in season four, because I didn't have the file saved, of course, just like I don't. And uh, I found this gym, so I uh, thought it would be the best one to have. This one's from our own Ed Levy. Everybody enjoy the episode of Bill Bradley Collective after Ed's fabulous introduction music. When I was a boy... Bill Bradley was a Nick. When I was a man, he was my presidential pick. But now I'm retired. And your only resort is the Bill Bradley Collective for politics and sports. The Bill Bradley Collective. Andrew Zach and Ed. The Bill Bradley Collective. Andrew Zach and Ed. Andrew Zach and Ed. Welcome to a special live presentation. Well, I mean live in that there's people watching us do it and we're not just in Zach's backyard. Of the Bill Bradley Collective. We are outside at The Social, one of the great restaurant bars. Gastropubs. 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 Yeah. <laughs> In America, and one of our favorite places to go, tied with the other places we will be recording from later on. And if you are one of our thousands of people who own bars and pubs and are within literally anywhere in the United States, we will show up and do a live podcast. We want to thank the people at The Social for putting up the the, uh, bleachers so our overflow crowds can watch. And uh, those of you on the YouTube channel will know that. But we are doing, on this holiday weekend, Whose Rant Is It Anyway? Uh, We are recording this Saturday, July 2nd. And the holiday we will be celebrating, the holidays we will be celebrating, is Ulysses turning double digits today. And also, it was just one day ago that it was Bobby Bonilla Day. Tell me about Bobby Bonilla Day. Bobby Poe, my guy, um, has a great run with Barry Bonds in the Pittsburgh Pirates. Bonds goes to San Fran. Bobby Bo ends up signing a, a huge deal with the, with the Mets in the mid-90s. The deal is backloaded, I guess, famously, uh, and yep. that it's paid out in this annual, like, a, like an annuity, right? Uh, it's, they, they, they were giving him 6% interest rates because they were getting 8% uh, returns from Bernie Madoff. Right. <laughs> So, <laughs> so this, so I saw this one this year was like it was like one point two million, one point three, one point three, I thought it was yeah. one point one nine, yeah, something like that. Yeah. And this deal, which he agreed to defer a twelve million dollar payment, the so Wilpons thought this was a good financial decision, mm. and it extended from nineteen ninety eight when he retired till twenty thirty five. Steve Cohen's on the hook, and but he's. Got like six billion in the bank. So right. just like he's on Twitter making jokes about writing the check. And and there is this thought that on uh, Bobby Bonilla Day, if it's at home, 
they will bring out Bobby Bonilla and give them this giant check for like $1.13 million, but it's still on the books. Uh, Bobby Bonilla, not the smartest baseball player I ever saw in my life, but this was a good financial decision. I want to see him in a clubhouse accosting reporters, telling them to make you move, <laughs> make you move. You see the, the video I sent you yesterday? Yeah, so it was incredible. So anyway, uh, so what we're going to do here is elicit rant topics from our massive crowd. And I think the first person raising her hand is Alicia Blake. So do you want to come here and talk about what you want to rant about? Well, what, what you want us to rant about? Uh, I'd like to hear more about what's going on in South Carolina. We talked about it a bit this morning, but didn't expound upon that. So a peek behind the curtain, Alicia Blake is my fiance. And when she woke up today a little before noon, um, I, uh, was in full uh, complaint about a South Carolina law. So I'll share it with you guys because uh, I had written it up for next week, but now it's spoiled, so that's fine. After the recent Supreme Court decision, South Carolina's trigger law, banning any abortion after six weeks with no exception for rape or incest, kicked in. So I'm going to read verbatim this story uh, that I just put up on the internet from South Carolina. And this is what Alicia woke up to, me ranting about this. Charleston County South uh, Sheriff Kristen Graziano commented Friday on her office's role in the recently passed law that essentially bans abortion after six weeks. The state legislature now asks abortion providers to send sheriff reports of women who were impregnated by rape or incest and are trying to terminate their pregnancy. Graziano said... I want the public to know that while these providers are now mandated by law to send us these reports, regardless of the will of their patients, we will not contact the patient. If she doesn't want us to, we will offer our support and investigate services only if requested. couple of statistics. One, as I mentioned a couple weeks ago, 0.07% of all rapists spend a day in jail. That is, well, let me put it differently. 0.07% of all all reported rapes, of all rapes, does the victim see any justice by having that, their rapist put in jail? It will not be true that only 0.07% of the women who get raped and are impregnated will then go to jail if they terminate that unwanted pregnancy, because that's going to be a thing. Graziano, the attorney for, and this is the train going by, Graziano, the attorney for, I mean, the uh, sheriff, has decided that she will not enforce this law. Now, sheriffs, county sheriffs have this theory that they are outside any constitutional checks and balances. And normally that's horrifying because Judge Joe Arpaio, Judge Joe Clark, we know these people. But Graziano decided, you know what, I'm going to use this power to do what I should be doing, which is protecting victims, not against their rapists, but against the state that is planning to punish them for being raped. And that would be heartening, except only 2% of all county sheriffs in the United States are women. So on this 4th of July weekend, uh, I would just like to point out that uh, this is the America we live in, and this is why Alicia woke up and heard me just sputtering about this damn policy and law. Your your Google search history and targeted ads have to be a nightmare. (laughs) 
based on what you search for. <laughs> yeah. Oh my you should see my YouTube search channel because it's it's between like Juliet's Elise and Elsa playing with Barbies and my listening to ska <laughs> and boxing. They think I've got like uh, I'm a pedophile. That's <laughs> it's quite a Venn diagram. Of, uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. For our next question, uh, I believe we see uh, a beautiful woman walking up to the microphone right now with a question. So, with the NCAA's move to these super conferences, I'm curious what you think that's going to do for the lesser money generating sports, such as most women's sports or uh, any of the Olympic sports like swimming or my favorite track and field. Yeah, the elephant in the room this week, the big story is the move of USC and UCLA from the Pac-12 to the now to the Big Ten. This comes on the heels of Texas and Oklahoma moving from the Big 12 to the SEC. This is, I mean, this is like an avalanche really in the in the progression of eventually having these super conferences what does it do to the less to, to anything that's basically not football or men's basketball? And again, there's like a real separation there. Football's king. Men's basketball is a consideration. And everything else is just kind of in the wild, if you will. Look, it's not... I feel like a lot of these universities... The, the, obviously, USC, UCLA making this move, it's going to enhance their coffers. Like, there's going to be big money coming their way. Whether it's Big Ten Network, the next deal that the Big Ten does with ESPN, with Fox going forward, they're going to be flush with cash. And I would like to think they would use that cash to allow these other programs, men's and women's, at the, those Olympic-type sports, to, so they can, they can make these cross that are now cross-country trips. Imagine a world where we have USC and Rutgers, home and homes, LA and North Jersey, UCLA in, in Maryland, home and homes. That's, that's a lot of travel. That's, that's a real expense. But what about the academics? Well, what about, you I know, know aren't, they, aren't they really the, worried about that's that? That's the hot button. What about the academics? Yeah, yeah. no. Good luck doing homework on your 14-hour <laughs> flight. Exactly. I Optimistically, I would like to think that it's not going to have a big effect, that the increased revenue going to those schools is going to be used to preserve those other sports, but in this world that we live in, I, I'm not sure that's really a reality, more than like a pipe dream. Yeah, I mean, women's sports take up uh, so little of the percentage of what these colleges actually spend on athletics it's like under 10 percent, and they're just going to view it the way boards of ed view music and art where they'll just simply cut women's sports and simply just say like oh well we can't afford it anymore does title nine not are there certain protections that title nine oh, wait 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 a second i mean our friend gus here who works for the aclu will, will probably jump in and agree that the supreme court has been outstanding in protecting precedent <laughs> Yeah. And and reading legislation with a keen constitutional eye, I believe. I mean, right now, women's sports receive. I think eighty-seven percent of all schools do not follow the law. The Supreme Court, the second they're challenged on it, will strike down Title IX as as uh, unconstitutional, and that'll be the end of it. And then there will be no women's sports like there were there was in nineteen seventy. That I mean, that's best hope for this country is that this comet that is hurtling toward the earth hits us. That is the only way we can get out of this dystopian nightmare that we're now living in. Brief aside, and really a question for both of you. I mean, this is the same. This is not a, an endorsement of the Supreme Court, the make of this court. It's not. This is the same Supreme Court that skewered Mark Emmert 
and basically why we have the um, uh, nil ruling. nil is because of this court. I mean, is do they not maybe actually have a history of sympathy towards college athletes? What, what, was that I, a post? I don't know. Yeah, uh, oh, ACB? this is the, this the current constitution of the court. Was it, no, the, it, it was the ACB group that, that was. This? It was just extreme. It was, it was no, it was a nine zero decision. I think right. Listen, not an endorsement. Just yeah. the court has been sympathetic to college athletes in that regard. I mean. Well, I don't, I don't well, know. I'm just, I'm just you know putting it out there. You, you know what? Let's see what the speaker schedule for the um, for the uh, for the Supreme Court members is because if you look at what they get paid for their speeches and who pays them, it's like it's like looking at congressional donors. There's no difference anymore. So, Adeline, I saw you had something you wanted to talk about. Yes. Um. I want to ask what your opinion is on LGBTQ rights in sports and politics. We're against them. <laughs> no, I mean, it's right now, like, for some reason, conservatives have decided this, that the biggest threat to democracy is trans athletes, which is absurd. I mean, there are, like, this is not something that is common. This is not something that is, like in the normal commonplace of our high school athletics, but they still believe that like this trans man playing in men's sports, this trans woman playing in women's sports uh, will somehow bring down our country and take away from the competitive spirit we have, uh, which is just not true. It, it has become this weird issue in sports where people just decide who is the winner and who is the loser. And they decide that typically, you know, cis white men are the normal and everyone else is kind of secondary. We talk about, you know, we just talked about this on women's sports. You know, it's not something that is remotely a threat to anywhere in our country. It is not something that is remotely a threat to competition in our country. But conservatives have decided this is their new culture war that they want to start. And it's just the same as their old culture war, which is against gay marriage, which they're still fighting. To talk about LGBTQ rights and politics, they're still fighting that. Clarence Thomas uh, just cited the 14th Amendment as being an invalid reason for upholding Obergfell, which is the gay marriage decision. I I've never understood it. Um, you're just talking about people. You know, I I've never really figured out why this is conservatives' biggest culture fight other than they're just religious right nutheads. It's just wrong. I mean, it, 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 it just seems to be punishing kids. Well, the reality is, I think, that they need religious right nutheads to justify tax cuts for the people they actually care about. You know, Christine Cinema just voted to abolish the uh, billionaire surplus, uh, you know, uh, billionaire surplus tax on the, uh, uh, during reconciliation which is going to cost $200 billion. Why is she supported? Or why, you know, why is that policy supported? Nobody cares about that policy. But you never hear Christine Cinema, who's a Democrat, speak out against, you know, uh, these bans on trans athletes because that's where the money is. I, I think it is the single most cynical thing possible. I live in a town that is covered by a, con a congressional uh, state Senate district in which... The Republican candidate says this election is about trans athletes in Connecticut. There are four trans athletes in Connecticut. Four. That is not anything that affects anyone, really, except the four families 
that are trying to help their child be who they are. That's who it affects. And yet, I mean, if you know, nobody's getting a field hockey scholarship anywhere in the country. Like that's not happening. So uh, it's just not it's just not really an issue. It's the most cynical application I've ever heard. You know, this is broad and kind of general, but what I what I can and will never be able to wrap my head around is how how anybody, how it is anybody else's business what an individual's sexual preference, identity, whatever, how 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 that how that affects anybody else. It's an attack on the most basic of just individual freedom of of again, like just a sexual orientation, an identity. If you if you don't have a right to that, then wh- what what are we like? What is what? The, it's also I, can't, just, I cannot figure it. I just don't get it. I don't get the war on it. It's the, also the it's also a right to privacy, which privacy. I think which I think like the Supreme Court is going to have their next attack on. It's just the right to privacy, just the right to being who you are in your own home. Who gives it? Who gives a damn? You're in How your does house. it affect you? How <laughs> does it affect anybody? But you're se- the I, the only personal rights you have are to not wear a mask during a pandemic and to own an assault rifle. Everything else you don't have, but those rights you have. Any other rants from the crowd? <laughs> Juliet, I see a hand, I see a hand <laughs> up back there. Oh, she was stretching. <laughs> Sierra has one. Hold on, Shane. You have to come up to the mic. Shane, come s- <laughs> so we'll repeat it. Would the U.S. government be better or worse if curling replaced elections? Oh, significantly better. Just for the sheer fact of, I would love to see Donald Trump, uh, like, sweep. Yeah. <laughs> like, just... <laughs> He's just, using the wrong end of the broom. He has no idea. <laughs> you know, I, and, and on that same thing, I would also like to see Joe Biden throw a curling stone. Like, he yeah. fell off a bicycle well, just getting off to, it. To, <laughs> to, to be fair, anything, anything that disincentivizes people over the age of 70 for running our goddamn country, I am in favor of. And elections will no longer matter because the Supreme Court has agreed to hear the more v harper more v harper which says that state legislators legislators are not bound by the popular vote so you're gonna have i mean if that had been like that was donald trump's argument the effect of the january 6th insurrection is a bunch of dumb poor people are going to spend time in jail but we're going to lose the right to elect, elect, you know, elect our own leadership, and it is yeah. So I'd rather I I'll take my chance on curling because you know what I'm not taking my chance on the powerful giving up their hands around our throat. I don't believe in that. Canadian takeover. I mean, a Labatt in every fridge, a Tim Hortons on every corner, <laughs> and weird football with like the big end zones and, and, and the and, 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 and I'm kind of here for it. And for the field and, goal in the front. Yeah, right. I'm here and for it. Free healthcare. And by the way, I, yeah, and I, re- I am old enough to remember, I think in this crowd, there's probably only one other person old enough to remember the goalposts at the front of the end zone. And that was the greatest thing ever with guys running. You remember, you remember that, right? The goal, the goalposts in front of the end zone and, and re- receivers are just, just like ducked yeah. behind the, oh, that was the best guy. Quarterbacks running head first into the, uh, into the goalpost was the best. It's like a 12th defender, 12th man on the field. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. And for our final question, the birthday boy, Ulysses. What's the deal with Texas secession? So Texas 
secession is this weird movement uh, among the far right where they believe that this treaty that Texas signed, I believe it was 1856, 1854, somewhere around there, when they became a state, uh, basically said like, well, you're allowed to be your own country, and then we just never listened to it and made them part of the United States. And they've now reasserted this kind of weird preference for being their own country, uh, which, frankly, I would be fine with. You know, if Texas wants to just go be by themselves, you know, they've got oil. They'd be like Saudi Arabia. And, and actually, it's also possible for set regions to say we want to be our own state. They gave huge uh, – there's a Malcolm Gladwell podcast on this. And there's, they gave huge autonomy or the illusion of huge autonomy. So it is possible that the Houston area and the Dallas area and the San Antonio area became individual states. And then the other areas would be their own individual states. That would make Texas a red, turn a red state into three blue states and two red states. But my feeling is, Godspeed. Enjoy being your own country. They, they would just be Saudi Arabia. They'd be an oil-rich nation because that's all they have, with an oppressive government because Ted Cruz is from there and Greg Abbott's their governor. And they're also a state that is a tax deficit state in that they send out far less money than they uh, in federal taxes that they re- than they receive. And if they had ever taken Medicare, it would even be more. So, yeah, good luck. Good luck. I defer to my history buffs here, but the Alamo War was... That was contested over. Is that why Texas got the, statehood? Would, would yeah, it have yeah. been Mexican? No, it was over. It was it, that what was, was the, that was freedom from Mexico. Freedom from Mexico. Then they were briefly their own country, and then they came country. into the United States because, and you know, anyone who this is the Fourth of July weekend, so we should celebrate this. We needed another slave state, so that's why they were brought in. And no Longhorns football, no Houston Rockets. What a big loss there. <laughs> no yeah. Dallas Stars. Well, you know, you can still have them. They True. just have to have passports. They'd be international games. True. They'd be international. They'd, they'd, be, like they'd, be, on, they'd be on 9 a.m. on Yahoo Sports. <laughs> you, better have, you better have a vax card. No, no, it would be exactly yeah. like the Toronto Raptors. So you would need a passport to be there. And my guess would be when the individual people in Texas can't live off the largesse of the Northeast and California and Illinois generosity in terms of their taxes, they won't have a 0% tax rate anymore. I think we're all channeling Jim Bowie here and saying, you know, Texas independence is, is for the best. <laughs> so thank you, Ulysses, for that excellent question. Now she's shy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to say thank you from the Bill Bradley Collective. Thank you, and we will see you tomorrow for the Bill Bradley Collective. Thank you for joining us on the Bill Bradley Collective. Please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and follow us on Facebook at the Bill Bradley Collective. We'll see you again next week. Leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. Red leather, yellow leather, red, yellow leather. (laughs) Can't even do it.